A good conversation can shift the direction of change forever. Would you leave it to chance? Join the authors of Design to Change and explore this series of conversations with designers and event owners. Driven by the need and conversations with event owners and event designers who use the event canvas around the world, this series explores the depths of conversations to elevate your abilities to look and act beyond the now. Episodes are hosted by Rude Janssen, Rue Friesen, Dennis Lehrer, and Paul Rukens, with illustrious changemakers, designers, and pioneers in the field of design and beyond. To explore these conversations and additional content, visit designtochange.online. For now, let's start the conversation. Conversations. Now that's what we call just-in-time photography. Uh, welcome to the podcast here on site at IMAX 22. I'm being joined by two guests that are completely unrelated <laughs> until we might discover some form of um, common interest or something of the kind. So welcome to the Design to Change podcast. I'm joined today by two Portuguese um, speaking uh, professionals from the meetings and events industry. Now, one I've known for a long time and one I've known for about a minute. So Rodrigo Cesar, welcome to, uh, you're from Brazil. Yes. Um, tell us, what, what do you do in the events industry? How did you get connected to IMAX? I'm now I'm 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 leading events and travel uh, in a pharmaceutical industry, Roche, and uh, I'm leading another team. The name is Hero, is health ecosystem reshaping organizational, yeah. and I'm plugged in, in events more than the 20 years, yeah. and after we discovery the canvas. We change our life, so <laughs> now I'm, I'm really happy to be connected with you face-to-face -face at this time. Awesome. So meeting face-to-face -face is, is a treat these days, right? Uh, yeah. um, today it's the 31st of May, if I'm not mistaken, of 2022. We're in Frankfurt at IMAX Trade Show. You might hear some buzzing sounds around the background. Uh, let me introduce our, our other guest, our second guest, somebody I've known for quite a number of years. <laughs> um, his first touch points, I think, were with the Future Leader Forum when we met at one of the IMAXs, maybe even before, uh, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Miguel Neves, uh, Miguel Neves with Skift Meetings. You're the editor-in-chief there. Welcome, Miguel. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This yeah. is a, a nice concept. This is not your usual IMAX booth, so I like it very much. Yeah. And for those of you wondering what we're looking at, because it's full of distraction, I'm looking out at uh, the Inspire Cafe. I see the forest, the canyon, I see the ocean. We're in a space where nature prevails, and uh, we're also sitting in a booth for the Event Design Collective. It's not really a booth, it's a podcast studio with a number of mental models on the, on the wall. And you've described already, Rodrigo, that um, you were speaking with our colleague Rachel in, uh, in, uh, in Brazil some time back, and your team has gotten um, positively infected, can we say it that way? It's maybe a really bad word to use after, you know, we're coming out of this pandemic, but yeah. how does a mental model change the way your team functions? It's uh, it's really, the, the impact is really, it's, it's a huge impact because at the end, uh, in our do, in do industry, in our role, uh, we need to discover what kind of problem we need to solve. Yeah. And and this picture is so simple, but uh, this simplicity uh, helped them, help my team, help the people 
to clarify what kind of way we need to, to follow uh, for the journey. And now with the hybrid and digital face-to-face, -face, this is completely necessary because the choices that we have at this moment sometimes is not the best one. Because the most, the one, one guy that I know that we need to have so many questions before and this is the, the, the function for the day. Let's have the best question uh, to understand what will be the, the next step yeah. and what will be the, the event. So the, the impact is huge because it's simple and the direct uh, the impact in, in our outcomes. Yes. And for me, it's the best one, the outcomes. Yeah. And not what are you doing, but the outcomes that are. Exactly. So it's... So a process is a process is a process, but yeah. a process is required to get to outcomes that the team explores when they explore the problem. Um, yeah. Now, uh, turning to you, Miguel, um, you've had a varied career. You know, at, I remember as a future leader, and then you know we we met through MPI at various occasions where you were in the UK. Uh, you were with IMEX Group for a long time. Um, and now you're heading up Skift meetings as the editor-in-chief, where you are always on the verge and on the edge of the latest developments, researching evidence-based um, content. What's changed for you in this past, let's say, window of, let's say, let's take last year? I think the motivations around events are in constant flux um, from every side. I think the event planners reaction to technology, to innovation, to trying different things is really always changing. And I think we're in a, a, a place where in some ways we can experiment more because there's so much uncertainty. So you kind of go, well, let's just try it and see how it works. But sometimes it's also harder to experiment because events are so time-based and you need to get that right and that needs to work. So there's, there's a sort of fear but also a, a kind of anxiety and, and a potential to change. And, and we're constantly trying to look at where that innovation is. So both from the technology perspective and what products are out there and what can help, but also how people's approach to building experiences changes. And so it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a complex issue because we can sit here as event professionals and say, this and that and that's changing and etc but if we build events and attendees don't show up or they don't um, feel like the event did what they wanted it to do then we're not winning right so we have to keep track of that and we have to figure out what is actually working and because it's so kind of everything changes at every moment. Mm. The only way to do that is to kind of keep testing and keep reporting on it and keep asking questions. It's like, well, this worked for you. Okay, great. Well, why do you think that worked? And, you know, even go as far as, do you have any evidence for that? Because a lot of times we talk about these gut feelings like, oh yeah, people like that. And, and people responded very well to that. It's like, yeah. okay, well, how do you actually prove that? Like, can you really kind of show yeah. me that, that people enjoy this because of this, yeah. or and you know, and I think this is a great example. We're here at IMX. I, I, I must admit, I walked through the door and I was, I smiled. You know, I was kind of an emotional, kind of like, nice. You know, Welcome this is home. it feels nice to be here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But ultimately, the exhibitors that invested a lot of money in being here, they have to get business. Yes. IMX is a show about making business, about making connections. So if that doesn't happen, 
then IMAX needs to change, and not just IMAX, but any event. Yeah. So I think it's a, it's, it's a continuous testing, continuous reporting, continuous observing, and, and asking questions, which I think you know, comes back to the event design and that idea of what do you want to make happen, and did it work? And if it didn't, do you think you can change some stuff to, to make it work better next time? Exactly. And so that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> and it's fully okay not to know, right? Yeah. Being okay with not knowing is part of the dilemma or maybe the kind of the, the two-pronged kind of feeling that some people have about the uncertainty of, you know, being certain that they don't know. Um, uh, Miguel, you went recently through the Event Design Certificate Program Level 3 where uh, you go through um, three days of intense learning, everybody brings a project, um, uh, we never know what the content is because one of the projects gets selected and then we crack that design challenge. Then you get six months where you, with your cohort members, get to design a project with your own team and bring it back for peer review. Um, how has that changed or shaped your thinking um, about event design? It was really interesting to go through the process. Um, Interesting that the cohort was so varied as well, and people were working on different types of events. We ended up working on the event for uh, kind of a university event. Uh, yeah, yeah, the University of St. Gallen in Switzerland, it, yeah. celebrating its 150th anniversary, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was fascinating because the, the restrictions to the design are really powerful, right? There was a lot of well, this is a board that decides that, and this is this, you know, kind of old kind of group of people that have the money to do this, etc. And so, kind of, I really felt that the kind of the the pain, in a way, of of sort of coming up with these quick prototypes and ideas, and like, let's go do this. Oh, why don't we do this? And why don't we involve all these like street artists and do that? And then it's like, well. The, you know, the decision makers are probably not going to like that. And so it was fascinating to kind of have ideas and have ideas from people from all over the world looking at it in a different perspective. And I could sense from the, you know, the one person who kind of brought that event forward, and it's a, it's a real event that they're working on, that they were really overwhelmed, but in a good way. You know, they were yeah. like, wow, there's all these great ideas and I'd love to use them all, but I can't. But that's okay too. You know, yeah. and, that, and that, I think that idea of design restrictions and how that kind of propels your creativity. Yeah. That's super uh, interesting and, and it's a really interesting kind of energy to, to build on. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And you know, the work continues uh, with the University of St. Gallen, um, especially when it's a very important event with high stakes, uh, you know, and I'll, I'll turn it over to you in a moment. When, when, it, when, it, when an event has high stakes and, you know, you can only celebrate your 150th anniversary of a university yeah. once and, you know, the current, you know, leadership probably has a feeling and the alumni have a feeling and, you know, the students have a feeling and the faculty and everybody has an opinion, the city, the canton, etc. Um, are there any kind of high stakes events that you've been running into recently, maybe uh, uh, at, at Roche in Brazil, where you feel, I wish... I would have uh, spent a little bit more time designing it, or maybe maybe you have taken the time to design it, and maybe let us know a little bit how that goes for you. This example about Miguel is so complex, the, the stakeholders involved in, in, in that definition. But now, I, I, we are changing our mindsets to where I need to spend my time. Mm -hmm. and. I, th I think the, uh, a, a good insight for, for my team is 
it's not it's, this is not necessarily about an event and this for me is really amazing because in the past oh it's about an event it's about an event it's about an event not necessary and for the professional the events professional talk about with your partner the company oh it's not about the event let's let's put in this money in another so this for me it's uh, new for for this uh, the mindset that working with canvas with a, a new structure so for me i don't have any specific but i have so many events that happen every day this situation yeah. because we have so many problems coming yeah. and how we are uh, managing these these problems yeah. sometimes it's about events sometimes about another kind of investment so this for me is uh the the big difference uh, from from my team perspective yeah now you you must work obviously with your teams in brazil but also you're you're a global company yeah. um we know that um you know with the global pandemic that we just had uh, a highly regulated industry like pharmaceuticals or you know health medicine uh, is quite strictly regulated but has also gone through a tremendous change you know just developing vaccines and what used to take decades now was happening in you know in, in less than 10 months for instance um, do you feel that um, in the events industry because it's a highly unregulated industry mm-hmm. um, do you think that's a good thing or do you think that's something that could create more creativity if it would be higher regulated I think always will be opportunity. For us, always will be about an opportunity. Uh, now the difference is about about money, about budget. Uh, and in the past, we have more money, or have a different mindset to invest the money. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had an annual event, but we are not looking for event and event in the results and what's happened. Mm-hmm. And now, the investment is acquire key one, key two, key three, key four, and analyzing that and, and talking the about the next one, yeah. and not about the year. And this is the impact, and the canvas is more and more important because the, I need to show internally how the impact and the outcomes to invest in another one, another one, another yeah. one. So th- this is uh, in, in our indu- industry, and th- this regulation, this restriction, I think is opportunity to, to invest in, in another uh, kind of, uh, of uh, event or, you know, uh, but I, I think this is the, the difference uh, yeah. in these days. Yeah. Yeah. I think the ability to think beyond the horizon of change of the next quarter, I think is one of yeah. the, the challenges on the one side, but also the opportunity, I think, with events, right? So if you look at, let's say, IMAX is the 20th edition, um, if the organizers would have known 20 years ago, um, you know what 2022 would look like, uh, you know, um, maybe they would have taken very different decisions. And on the same same angle, you have to deal with the environment that keeps changing. But setting the marker of change over the longer term of what you're trying to achieve, I think, is what I find so fascinating. Um, we sometimes say, you know, show me an organization's event, and I'll tell you about their culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think. Coming to IMAX for many years, and both in Americas, uh, in Las Vegas, and here in Frankfurt, the culture I feel is evolving in, in the right direction of change when it pertains to how this family, literally, 
creates an inclusive feeling for people that are in the events industry in a very specific way. Um, and it might seem like a very um, awkward thing to name when you're thinking about Hall 8, Hall 9 at Frankfurt Messe, you know, it's a, it's a very kind of like, you know, it's, it's a building and there's a roof and there's, you know, flood lighting and, mm -hmm. but the whole world comes together here and I, I only realized that yesterday when I was setting up here and Karina Bauer came by to have a little chat and take the time to, you know, talk about our Design to Change project and the involvement and the interest in, in being connected to what's happening. But also looking at it through the eyes of my very own son. Uh, my son Olivier is here, yeah. he's 18, he's about to go to university. He has no idea what his dad does and you know he wanted to go travel so I said, well why don't you come to Frankfurt with me and we'll, we'll go to World Education Congress. And seeing the question he asks through the eyes of my very own son at that age makes me wonder um, what it is that this entails, right? The whole world is in Hall 8, nature is in Hall 9, right? It's a fascinating dynamic of in a marketplace, but all those questions being asked by those that are not in the know are super valuable questions. Uh, like, like you were saying, uh, Rodrigo, I think the, the ability to ask the questions but guided through a structure mm -hmm. with this ability to have uh, roles and have a structure to get from beginning to end. So the outcomes of multiple prototypes can be considered against the delta of the behavior change, not just of the event, mm -hmm. but about the change over a longer amount of time. Journey, right? yeah. Here's where we're headed as an organization. You know, Roche at large wants to be there in 2030 or 2032. How does what you do in Brazil with your increments of change of events, the small habits of change, change over time? Right? And the ability to code and decode that I think is a, is a very powerful mechanism because, like you said, Miguel, it's a high-risk business. You know, the risks that are taken by shifting this edition of IMAX, you know, by a couple of months, huge impact, right, for everybody that's involved. The, you're controlling the agenda of, and I don't know how many people are here, but thousands of people. That's a huge responsibility. Yeah. At the end, it's about business, yeah. True. Yeah, yeah, always. If the business opportunity is there, if supply and demand want to get together, it's called a trade show for a reason, right? You trade business back and forth. But the human component of business has become maybe even more important in the time investment you were talking about. Right? Let's go back to that concept of time for a minute to you, Miguel, if you don't mind. Um, you're a young father of um, you know, a young family. Um, you've juggled your time over the past couple of uh, years, I suppose, when COVID hit and uh, had the opportunity to visit you and your family in Denmark also at one point. Um, how has this period been for you and how's traveling again? <laughs> I think uh, I had a lot of anxiety before coming here to IMAX and I'm not an anxious person in general and traveling is pretty normal, you know, was pretty normal to me and um, you know, I think when I look at people, they, they've changed. You know, the last IMAX was three years ago. People have changed. People that I only see at IMAX, they've changed quite a bit. I've changed and, and kind of how do I deal with that? How do, what do I say? What do I do? That's, that's different, right? And, um, and throughout those three years, we've... I, I worked from home during all that time. That didn't change too much, but a lot of people didn't and, and had to figure that out and juggling the kids and the home life. Um, and my personal feeling is that we've worked pretty hard over these last two years to get some sort of control mm -hmm. to figure out how to do things. And we've built our lives to work. 
right? And uh, so I, for example, have a sort of home studio office where I do like my podcasts and my recordings, and I work from there. And you do large scale events from your yeah, and we do house microphone. Yeah, we've right? had sort of like you know two or three thousand people listening to me from my kind of little studio, and and that works well, right? Um, and that, to some extent, I've, I've built to my liking. Mm -hmm. And now with going back to sort of some normality, and I don't even know if normal is the right word to call it, to, to, to like being available to travel again, I feel like we're kind of consciously breaking that. And it, it, it doesn't always feel great. You know, I'm a bit like, I don't think I want to travel as much as I used to, and I, and I don't think I'm alone. And of course, being in the event industry, it's, it's always a bit of a controversial statement because I'm not against people running events, but I, am, I, I think we should be very conscious of people's time, of how much we're polluting in our travel and, and making events really worthwhile, right? And, and I think more than the sustainability angle and more than kind of you know, our lives, I think it's important that we're just conscious. I think you made a really good point about you controlling people's schedules. And, I think that idea that we, when we get people to be live at an event, it's there's a lot of kind of investment from people being there, and I think I know that I'm going to be much more conscious of which events I go to. Uh, you know, I, I get asked to speak at events all the time, and I'm saying no to most opportunities, not from a selfish, you know, your event is not worth it perspective, but from a I'm going to trade off. Yeah, if it's a trade-off, and I'm going to commit to my family that I'm going to travel the least amount possible, and I'm going to go to the things that I think are really important to me. And of course, if other people are doing that, that impacts how we design our events, you know. And and you know, I think you're doing you know private you know internal events a lot of times. Um, mm -hmm. If you're forcing your team to travel a lot and go to a lot of events and take a lot of time to do that, that may be a harder thing to ask them to do than before the pandemic. You know, before yeah. it might have been like, yeah, of course, Perfect. let's go, it's great. It's like, actually now, I don't really want to. I, I kind of, I've set up my home work and my life balance to be the way I want to. So I think there's a lot of anxiety there that I, will also impact us for a good few years. And I'm, and I'm hoping that we get to a place of balance where the people and we, and I think employers as well, understand in this kind of new world what we should be asking people to do mm. and not assuming that people want to go back to the office or assuming that they don't. You know, I, th I feel like a lot of people who live in small apartments in inner cities actually want to go back to the office. They're like, actually, my life works a lot better when I could go somewhere and kind of do my thing. I live very remote, so I actually really like just building my little studio and doing my thing, and that works well for me. Yeah. So, you know, I'm one example. I think there's others like me, but I think everywhere around the world, it's understanding that and figuring out a good solution and a good rhythm for your company, for your association. And I don't think that's going to be instant. I don't think we're going to get there by you know one piece of research. I think that's going to take a little while for us to experiment. And the more we do that, the, the better it's going to be. Yeah. So COVID being a very effective event from the definition of it changed everyone's behavior instantly across the planet. Um, what can we learn from COVID? Wow. I think we could learn that life is precious. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we can learn that we need to make things really worthwhile. And kind of continuing from what I was saying, I just feel like we we have this responsibility. Just putting some drinks at the bar and some music is not good enough. We need to be very conscious of how we're leading people through experiences 
and making things better, you know, really, really impacting things in positive ways. And I think when it comes to events from the event industry perspective, I think it's easy to rely on hospitality as a sort of lubrication of connectivity. Uh, and I think we, we probably need to do better than that. So I think that that's really positive if we can kind of take advantage of that. Yeah, it's about the, the life. I, I personally, I, I had bad moments, difficult moments with my family, and good moments uh, in another situation. But mm. I, uh, the, our responsibility with our life, uh, how we are managing uh, our life in, in general, I think is, we can deep dive in this conversation now, but uh, I agree 100% with my, my colleague Miguel. And, but I, I think the, at the end, uh, it's a good, good learning as a country, it's global or local war for, uh, but it's about how manage our life with responsibility uh, and, and the people that we are impacting, uh, how is we are responsible for for the people at the end. I think that um, you know what you're saying really hits 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 home. Where you know the design of time, how you spend that time, how you use other people's time, um, and consciously think about how to best do that. I think is one of the core responsibilities that we have in any which way, whether you're an employer, whether you're a family member, whether you are an event owner, or anything in between, at the end of the day, we are all event owners of some sort. And if we want to design for change, or what's our, you know, our tagline is design at the speed of change, you can keep speeding up, but it's really about slowing down, stopping. And I liked how, after I asked the question about COVID, there was almost an uncomfortable pregnant pause what we think and if you're listening to this podcast you know we encourage you to take a moment to think and not just talk all the time um, we're sitting here right next to the listening collective um, I want to go listen to them as well later uh, we listen through the podcast our auditors can listen through the podcast um, what might be interesting for you to know is that you know uh, Rodrigo Cesar and I have never met before I invited him to the podcast with Miguel and we've known each other for a long time. But I feel like in this conversation we have gotten to know each other maybe better than if we had just stood here without microphones and headsets on our head. Um, which is just a little micro event within a bigger event where technology helps us focus. Right? And I'd like to maybe celebrate the fact that we have to experiment with all forms of suppression. Right? Our auditors cannot see you. All three of us have taken a selfie just before the jingle stopped playing, right? I was just in time. Uh, we will post those on our Instagram channel. <clears throat> and if you want to follow, maybe can you guys, where, where would your pictures of this moment be visible? LinkedIn probably is like the place that I yeah. spend more time on the social media level. So where can people look you up on LinkedIn? Just Miguel Neves, uh, skip meetings. At, uh, I'm not so hard to find. I post a lot, so you'll see me a lot of <laughs> He's not so hard to find. Skift meetings. We'll add hashtag IMAX22, right, so people can track okay. it. Rodrigo, will you be posting your picture, or is that something that you're going yeah. to be sharing for yourself? Or? Yeah, sure, definitely. Where, where can people find you? LinkedIn and Instagram. Yeah, definitely. Excellent. Uh, yeah, Rodrigo Cesar. 
Excellent. Rodrigo Cesar, uh, Miguel Neves, thank you for being on the podcast. We will post this picture as well as the link to the Design to Change podcast from IMAX22 here um, very soon on our channel, hashtag uh, Event Canvas, hashtag IMAX22. Um, and um, if you're looking for the handle on Instagram, it's at Event Canvas. On LinkedIn, you can find us, just look at hashtag Event Canvas, and you'll see the picture of us uh, there. I hope that um, I was the only one not speaking Portuguese in this uh, roundtable conversation. I will make a point of going on vacation this summer with my both my kids uh, to Portugal, and I promise to practice a few words <laughs> and change my own behavior. Thank you for being with us, and uh, I look forward to reconnecting very soon. Thank you. Thank you. This has been another episode of the Design to Change Designer Conversation Series. Explore these conversations and additional content at designtochange.online. Want more right now? Tune into the backstage episode of this conversation and hear what the experts discuss offstage. 